I think we can all agree that learning is more fun when you do it with friends, right? So if one of your summer goals is to learn more about the science of reading and how to incorporate it into your classroom, then let me invite you to join our free summer book study. During the month of June, we are going to be hosting a free book study for teachers just like you, where we are going to work our way through the book, Shifting the Balance, Six Ways to Bring the Science of Reading into Your Upper Elementary Classroom. And we'd love to have you join us. We're going to read one chapter a week. And inside our book study Facebook group, you're going to get to participate in things like our weekly Facebook Live, discussion posts. You're going to get some really awesome freebies and the chance to win some stellar prizes. All of this is going to help you align your instruction with the science of reading next year. It's going to be fun. And even if you don't think you'll have time to read every single chapter, still consider joining. You're going to get a lot out of the group, even if you don't have time to read the entire text. So I hope to see you this summer where we can all learn alongside each other. You can sign up at stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. That's all one word, stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. And I'll see you inside our group. You're listening to episode number 51 of the Stellar Teacher Podcast. Teaching literacy is tough, but with the right tools, you can be not only good, but great. Amazing. I'm talking off the charts impactful. Hey, I'm Sarah Marie, a literacy specialist with over a decade of experience working as a classroom teacher and school administrator. Tune in each week to this podcast to hear no fluff lesson ideas and strategies that will help you feel confident in your abilities to truly grow your students as readers. Are you ready? Let's dig in. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited for today's episode because we have a very special guest. We are interviewing Megan Polk from the Literacy Dive on the podcast today. And not only is Megan an expert in all things literacy, but she is also one of my oldest friends and teaching partners. Megan and I taught for many, many years at the same school in Houston, and I was able to see firsthand just how truly talented she was as a teacher, especially in the area of writing. I know we usually talk about reading on the podcast, but I often get asked about how to be an effective writing teacher, how to engage our students, how to make time for writing, and Megan is an expert in all of those things. So I thought it'd be fun to invite her on the podcast and let her share a little bit about how she got her students really excited about anything writing related. We had so much fun with this conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. So let's jump right into the interview. Hi, Megan. Thanks so much for joining me today. I am so excited to be on your podcast today. Thanks for having me. Okay, so this is so much fun. So first of all, I want you in a minute to introduce yourself to my audience. But for my listeners who don't know, Megan and I, we have taught together for what, for like four or five years and for like teacher besties. And so the fact that we get to do this (laughs) podcast together is so much fun. And I'm just so excited to share you with my audience. So for those of you who do not know, can you go ahead and give an introduction for my audience? Yes, absolutely. So my name is Megan Polk, and I am a literacy specialist and the content creator behind the Literacy Dive. I recently rebranded, so a lot of people still search me and know me as Miss P Style, but I am now the Literacy Dive, so that is what my new name is. I actually recently moved to Nashville, Tennessee, and so moved here from Houston, adjusting, but what I love most is getting to support teachers in the areas of reading and writing, 
And my history of education, I taught kindergarten, second grade, fourth grade independently, and then became a reading interventionist where I got to focus on reading and writing with K through five. And I just love connecting with teachers. And I do that mainly through Instagram. And I just love supporting teachers and their needs. I love it. And I am so excited. Real quick side note. So Megan and I moved to Houston around the same time. Yes. And then we also moved away from Houston around the same time. We did. Before we started recording, we were talking about house buying woes. Because if anybody is trying to buy a house right now, it is the market is not in in their favor. So, And we actually bought our houses in Houston around the same time. We did. the street from each other. And we didn't know it. Yeah. In like the same neighborhood. So yeah. the fact that we're now like in separate states is a little painful. I know. I almost moved to Florida, but... <laughs> Hey, maybe one day. Come on. You're welcome anytime. So, okay. I'm so excited to have Megan on my episode because as you guys heard, she is a literacy expert. So like expert in all things literacy. And today we're going to talk specifically about writing. I feel like writing is one of those things that I get a lot of questions about. And while I loved teaching writing and, you know, have some writing experience resources, like Megan is the go-to person for writing. And so I'm super excited just to have this conversation. So I feel like one of the things that people ask me a lot is how do you keep students engaged or excited in writing? And so we're going to kind of dig into that, but answer that question for me, Megan. How do you keep kids engaged and excited about writing? Okay. Yeah. So I love that question because the biggest thing is that a lot of students, maybe your own students, you're probably thinking like they do not like writing. I think that writing is very hard. It's very tricky. It comes with a lot of different skills and strategies and it builds upon itself. And so a lot of kids have deficits in writing. And so naturally they do not like writing time. So the most important way that you can keep students engaged, I feel, is by making writing its own time. If you can set aside your writing block as like this special time of day, It has a special area. There are special things that only happen in writing. That is going to be like the first level of getting your kids engaged to want to get to that part because they want to figure out, well, I can now sit over there. I can now use these resources. I've always had materials in my classrooms that have only been used for writing time. And so when kids know that in order to get to certain types of pens or certain types of editing glasses, which are just glasses with the lenses (laughs) poked out from the Dollar Tree. But they don't know that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So like they're just made up editing glasses. Yeah. They don't know that. And they literally think that the glasses are, or have like a magical power that help them to focus and see better. But all of these certain types of materials are only in the writing center and used for writing time. So if you can make a special area or just really, really hype up writing time to be this exciting time of day, then you're going to get your students buy-in. And when they can be able to use materials that are only specifically set for writing time, that is going to be one level of where they're going to maybe start buying in to getting excited about what this whole writing thing is about. Okay. I love that. And honestly, I mean, I did things like that in my classroom, but I think sometimes we forget that like sometimes the smallest strategies like can be the most like impactful with students. But I'm curious in your own journey as a teacher, because so in our school, when we taught together, Megan was like the writing expert and the writing guru. And she had even like a writing club after school and was just like the go-to writing teacher. And for me, it was not always my favorite subject to teach. And so like you as a teacher in your own like writing journey, how did you get to the point where you loved teaching writing and enjoyed teaching writing? 
So I think with writing, again, it was one of the subjects that my students moaned and groaned about. They hated it. They did not experience success with it. They did not have previous years of success. They had deficits and things like that. And so it was one of those subjects where I knew off top that this was decreasing their motivation of finding this the worth that they had of being a really good student. And so because my students struggled so badly with that subject, I naturally wanted to break that cycle for them. And I wanted them to know that like all of those previous years, that's the last time that you're going to have those emotions and those negative feelings attached to writing. And like, this is a new experience now. And from here on and forward, you're going to be able to experience a whole different side to writing. And so just wanting to break that cycle and do whatever I could do to get kids excited and get kids motivated and to get kids wanting to explore with all the different genres of writing, that was really what made me love writing so much. I would often tell them like writing is everywhere. You know, whenever they're reading books, whenever we are looking at movies and captions and subtitles, writing is everywhere. And so when they can understand that there are so many reasons that people can write and it doesn't always mean that it is writing a narrative or writing an informational piece of writing on a piece of paper, that kind of opened them up a little bit to become a little bit warmer to the idea of, okay, let me try to see what this whole writing thing is about. But really, once I started seeing results, it became my favorite my favorite subject to teach. And then I wanted to give those students extra opportunities, which is why I did the after-school writing programs and stuff like that, just to get, you know, kids loving to write. But the biggest thing too, is that we constantly build relationships with students. And I feel like no matter what your students don't like, there were subjects that I did not like, but because I had a teacher who was so passionate about it, I wanted to give it a try. And so I think that that is something as well is like, I just had good relationships and they knew that I wanted to do what was best for them. And I wanted to, I knew it was a safe place to be able to allow them to explore. And so that is how it became one of my favorite subjects to teach was basically seeing that need and wanting to achieve those results. I love that. And if anything, I'm like, oh man, I wish, I wish you were my teacher because I, when I think about it, like, I feel like writing is one of those subjects that has like such a strong emotion attached to it, both from like teachers and like students participating in it. It almost like becomes a part of your identity. Like I am not a good writer. I am not a good writing teacher. Like, therefore I cannot do it. And I love what you said, how it's just like, I would be very honest with my students. Like, no, like regardless of the experience that you had in the past, like it stops this year, like this year, you're going to enjoy writing. I feel like you were telling me a story earlier this year about one of your former students you saw. Will you share that story with my audience? Just because I think it's so powerful. Oh, I would love to. Okay. So uh, as I said, I recently moved to Nashville and one of my former fourth grade students, she is currently in, well, she ended seventh grade. So now she's in eighth grade, which is just crazy that we have like students that are middle schoolers. It's so (laughs) crazy. I'm like, oh man. Oh my gosh. It's so weird. But her family did a complete road trip for like three weeks during the summer. And one of their stops was Nashville. And so the mother reached out and was like, we would love to see you in Nashville. And I just moved to Nashville. So I was just looking, I was excited just to see familiar faces. And so we met up at this little coffee and ice cream shop and she was just a ray of light, but she had actually told me that she loves writing so much that she had started doing little competitions and she wanted to be an author. 
And it didn't shock me because in my classroom, she was writing. She did what she needed to do. She was, you know, being creative. But then she said the words to me. She said, I hated writing. And it it blew my mind. I was like, wait, what? And she was like, I hated writing coming into fourth grade. She was like, but you made writing fun. You allowed us to experience and to explore and to do writing in many different ways that I didn't experience before. And then I realized that I loved writing and now I want to be an author. And she shared her book of poetry with me. She started submitting some of her short stories to competitions. And now she wants to be an author. And it's just, it touched me so much because I thought that this child enjoyed writing and I was just helping her to improve her craft. And she explained to me that she hated writing. And then her mother and father nodded as a cosign and they were like, you changed her life. So it was a big reminder for me that relationships are so important. And if you value your students and they value you, then whatever you do want them to try, it's going to be a safe place for them. And they're going to be willing to try it because they value you and they want to make you happy. But through that opening of the doors of all these different genres, they actually can realize that I love this thing that I thought I hated previous to entering your classroom. I love that for a couple of reasons. I mean, I think anytime I feel like as teachers, we don't ever hear enough about like those transformation stories and like the role that we play. But again, I think it's just like you thought that this child loved writing because she performed for you and that subject in your class, but like you were the reason why she like fell in love with that subject. And just to know that like she wants to be an author, I think that's so cool. And I know that there are so many teachers in my audience who have that sort of potential and power to transform their students, you know, into writers or to love writing. So let's sort of talk like practical tips and strategies. What are just some of your favorite like strategies or tips for teaching writing that teachers could start implementing this week in their classroom? Oh, for sure. So one of the biggest things is, is like create the environment. And I'm not saying that you have to go and completely redo a corner of your room or your space, but maybe that can be a grow into goal for next year where you want to have like a writing center or a writing corner. But definitely think about your environment and things that you can do as soon as tomorrow is you can decide that maybe you want to play a certain playlist or have calming music. Maybe you want to turn out one light to kind of set an ambience or a tone. Anything like that with the environment piece. Also, sometimes with writing, I think about myself whenever I'm doing writing and wanting to be creative. And sometimes it's not sitting at the desk that I'm told that I have to sit at. And so if you have a set of clipboards, if you have whiteboards, you can allow students to take a clipboard and sit on the carpet or sit in a corner somewhere. Also, don't underestimate the power of partnerships. Writing is tricky enough. And if you can allow your students to even brainstorm together before they separate, that is something as well with that environment piece that you can do. But I know that right now in a lot of places, it's probably a little bit chilly, but I mean, letting your students write outside Anytime you can think about the environment and just making it unique and different to cultivate writing, that is one thing that you can definitely implement. I love that. And I think that like, kind of like what you were saying in the beginning, how it's just like something that makes that time like special and different. And I was just thinking like, oh yeah, having like specific music that the students enjoy for writing or like letting them sit somewhere special. Like those are easy things that teachers can do, but just sort of like create some excitement and buzz around the subject. So love that idea. Oh, for sure. Like just keeping it separate and letting them know, like now we are entering into writer's workshop, like literally hyping it up (laughs) to where it's like, this is the time of day that we've been waiting for, but making it separate like that. But I think the biggest thing too, is like investing the time. I think about if students don't like something or if teachers don't like teaching something, then that is going to be the one subject that is skipped. 
And so making it a part of your daily routine, and I'm thinking like starting small, maybe you are the one that's like, you know, I don't like teaching writing. I don't feel confident in teaching writing. My students hate writing. So we're just going to like do a little extra math, a little extra reading. And oh no, we ran out of time for writing. I'll try again tomorrow. That was me for like my first three years of teaching. I was like, oh, don't have time today. Maybe next week. (laughs) Yes. And no judgment with that. But I think that, you know, the important thing is making it a daily routine. And so even if you're not prioritizing the writing block, or I know some districts don't prioritize like the writer's workshop. It's just part of their ELA block, but they really focus on the reading and the math, but you can start small with doing something like daily journaling. You can just do like simple story prompts, having a story starter with an ellipsis, and they have to fill in what happens at the end. Sometimes with just thinking about writing, it starts with storytelling. And so if you can get your kids just talking about it, whether they're talking with partners, whether they're talking with you, whether they're sharing with the whole class, that is allowing them to know that they do have stories and they do have information to share. You can do fun things like pen pals. You can have kids just write about what was your favorite part of the day and let them write on a sticky note. Anytime you can kind of start that process of making it a part of your daily routine that is going to be super powerful for starting this process of teaching writing. I love that. And I'm kind of like, I wish there was a teacher when I was first teaching and I skipped writing. I got to the point where, I mean, I eventually loved teaching writing and, you know, made it a regular part of my day. But my first couple of years, I, and I think it was because I didn't know how to teach the writing process effectively. And I didn't know Mm -hmm. how to teach the writing genres, but I also didn't realize that having students journal every day or write letters, or I know you're really big about having students write about the holidays, even, you know, like just those fun, like writing prompts. And so I'm just like, any writing is better than no writing. But in my head, I was like, if I'm not doing a full writing workshop, there's no point in me doing it. So I love that you're just giving teachers permission. Like any little bit of writing is going to have an impact. Yeah. And I think it is those types of small opportunities that really made the bigger picture successful. Because even though, you know, a lot of the kids, especially in fourth grade are tested on a writing prompt, you never know what the prompt is. They just have to know how to do the prompt. So really it's like, because you don't know the prompt and you can't really prepare them, all of these other small experiences are building on into the bigger picture of like what they need to do. And so, yeah, that's one of my favorite things. It's like any of those small types of opportunities my students got the practice with, and then they just were building their confidence and building their skills without even really knowing it. Yeah. It's like sneaky writing teaching. (laughs) It is like sneaky writing teaching and it, it just works, you know, but it is enjoyable and it's fun. But I think too, like one really important thing is like, when we think about writing being really difficult and really challenging with what they're asking is like taking the time to model the strategies It is very easy to say, okay, today you're going to go revise. But if they do not know how to revise, then they're probably panicked, anxious, or they're doing what they feel like they should do to turn in. And when they realize that that's not what the expectation was, it just brings about this feeling of like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to do this. I can't do it. So just making sure that you're taking the time to model. And I will often tell teachers that I connect with or teachers that I actually help that there is no time limit in modeling. Eventually your students will not need those scaffolds and that help and that assistance, but it is better to take the time to model it upfront, make sure that the majority know the expectations and then release them to be free. 
And with that, checklists will be your best friend. Mm, yes. So if you have any types of process thinking, I know you mentioned like the writing process, if there is a way that they can track themselves without having to remember in their brains, that is going to be one level of a scaffold that can really help your students find success. And if they get to a part and they're not really sure, then that's where you all can do the extra additional work in your one-on-one conferencing time or small group time. Another just quick thing that you could do as soon as tomorrow is poll your class. Your audience is going to change year to year. And that's what I learned about my students. Like one year I was boy heavy and all of the boys love nonfiction. Then I had another class where I was a little bit more girl heavy and they just loved the imaginative and like creative writing and fairy tales and stuff like that. It's like when you're trying to get, I keep saying buy-in because that's what it is. Like when your students are not taking the bite, it's like, okay, come on. I have to try to get you to like believe in what I'm trying to teach you. And so if you can just take the time to pull your class, even letting them know that like your interests are valued by me. I want to know, what are you interested in? What do you like writing about? And when you can poll them and see what they're interested in, you can start embedding more of those opportunities for them. And it doesn't have to be that they're writing about the same thing. A lot of the time, I love student choice. And so when you can give them a choice, you can still embed all the things that your kids like, give them a choice. And the whole big picture is that they are actually writing. I love that. And so- That's something that you can do. And the last thing that, again, not to just change your whole setup, but I know that with thinking about the word centers, that is something that we link to primary or kindergarten, first grade, second grade, but third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, those grades can still benefit from a writing center. And so if you can create a writing center that has the tools and the resources and the different genres and the different types of interesting writing for your students, that is going to be key in teaching writing by way of all of those different avenues. I love that. I think that's great. Okay. I want to go back to something where you talked about the modeling and I mean, I completely agree, but again, I'm going back to my like first year teacher self who had like no idea That's why, honestly, I skipped writing so often is because I didn't feel confident in myself as a writer. So I didn't feel confident teaching my students how to revise. So like, what would you say to teachers who are like, okay, I understand the importance of writing. I want to do this. I can envision myself like setting up the environment, giving choice, like writing daily. But like the part where I get stuck is how do I model if I don't feel confident myself as a writer? Like, what do you say to those teachers? So I would say to start with mindset, I have had those questions. And so I love this one. Um, Start with your mindset. You have to tell yourself and affirm yourself that you can do it. And you only have to be a little small smidget step ahead of your students, which you are. Yes. And so tell yourself that you can do it. Start small. Do not try to implement every single thing that you see or every single thing that you might learn at a training. Just start small with one thing that you can implement and do that really, really well. I didn't always feel confident with teaching writing, but something that I did that helped me was I went to YouTube and I would watch videos of authors. I would watch how they spoke about their writing, how they would teach the writing, how they would like communicate about the different genre of writing. And so if you watch videos of authors or watch videos of lessons, you can essentially model after what they are doing 
And that can just be one level of you seeing it visually, being able to like try to internalize it and then practicing it with your students. Okay. That's brilliant. And why did you never share that with me when we were like teaching right next door? I kind of feel like you were like holding out on this like really great strategy. And I'm like, that would have helped a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And I was going to say too, doing like some like team teaching, like we would often take our students over to different people's classrooms. Like I remember one teacher that was awesome for math. Okay. I'm going to shout you out, Lauren. I would take kids <laughs> over to her classroom and yes. she would teach a math mini lesson. And I literally could sit there and be able to watch. And once I could watch it and see how the students are engaging, I could then feel a little bit more confident with trying it. And so I feel like that's like one key piece of collaboration. And I don't know how your districts are rating you, but that would give you like a high level to be able to think about, okay, who in my school or who in my classroom, I mean, who in my hallway can I be able to like swap classrooms with? And then you can just do some team teaching. So if there is someone on your campus that is pretty strong with writing, just ask if you can bring your kids over or if you could be able to get coverage and go watch her teach her class. And then you come back and teach your class. From the administrator's perspective, you know, it's like if a teacher came to me when I was assistant principal and was like, Hey, I want to get better at the subject. Can I go watch so-and-so for like 15 minutes? You know, can somebody come cover? It's like, absolutely. Oh yeah. You know, so I think like if teachers who are listening are like, I want to get better, find the best writing teacher in your school. And honestly, it doesn't matter the grade level because you can learn from like any grade and ask for 15 minutes of coverage just to go observe. Cause I think you're right. You know, now that you're saying this, I'm like, oh yeah, when you can observe somebody else teaching it, it just helps you visualize like what that's going to look like in your own classroom. Oh, for sure. Yes. I mean, and that's one of the things. And like, once you kind of see, like, I feel more confident I don't even feel embarrassed. I'm like, Hey, can I come watch you? Or if you can't, it's like, can you set up and like record that so I can see it after school? But the easiest way is just kind of like seeing it in context or even having someone come and watch you, but your kids are going to follow you. They're going to feed off of your energy. They're going to feed off your emotions. And so if you are stressed out, if you are anxious, if you hate writing, they're going to be stressed out. They're going to be anxious. They're going to hate writing. And so I think if you can just incorporate these opportunities for fun. I mean, whether it's like a letter writing, like every Friday, we're going to write a letter and we're actually going to go deliver it to someone in the school. That is a form of writing. It's going to help them. They can then focus on capitalization, punctuation. They can focus on proper places to put commas. Any of the skills that you have to teach, you can embed by way of these fun ways of writing. I mean, if you did boggle writing, that is like you can write six or eight or 10 letters on your whiteboard, let them create words based off the letters that you write up and then create a short story. I think the biggest thing is letting them share. So if they know that like as an author, I get to share my writing with an audience and that readers are going to be looking for my writing to fulfill that need for them, then they're going to be more apt to performing a little bit better when they know that someone's going to read it. So never miss out on that part either. But if you don't feel confident, don't hesitate to reach out to people and ask for strategies or ask for tips. There are so many teachers that are, they know it's hard and they're willing to want to share. Which means if you're not following Megan on Instagram, you need to follow her because she's got great (laughs) strategies for writing and reading. (laughs) But you got this and just be confident and implement one thing at a time. I love that. And I think, you know, I, I love anything mindset related. And I love that reminder because I think you're right. It's like, if you are grumbling about having to teach writing, or it's like, oh my gosh, we have to do this. You know, if you don't have a good attitude, your students will pick up on that. And so, you know, it's kind of like how you talked about the editing glasses. It's like those students didn't know that they were fake glasses, but if you make it a big deal and hype it up, like same thing with writing. So yeah. And you use it for modeling. I mean, it's the best thing. Do a lot of shared writing, write with your kids. 
there's sometimes too, where when they would be in writer's workshop, I would definitely have to have conferences, but there were some days where I would just sit and write with them. And when they can see that you value writing and when you can abandon the conferences for one day and just enjoy writing too, I did that so often with my students and they just, they wanted to be like me. And so that is how you can cultivate and it actually becomes enjoyable when you can actually do it with them too. I love it. Hearing you talk about writing, I'm like, I want to go back now and like be a writing teacher again. Like I forget how fun it can be and how fun it can be for students too. Oh, for sure. For sure. Okay. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today and just sharing your wealth of knowledge with my audience. And in case people in my audience are not following you or have not connected with you yet, where's the best place for people to find you online? Yeah. So I am very active on Instagram and my handle is the literacy dive. So at the literacy dive, you can find me on Instagram connect there. Teachers pay teachers is also the literacy dive. And I also have Facebook, the literacy dive, but the best way to connect with me would definitely be on Instagram. And then I also have a podcast, which is the literacy dive. I was going to say, I know obviously everybody listening to our podcast listeners. And so if you need another literacy podcast to listen to every week, definitely go check out Megan's podcast as well. Yes. I have the literacy dive podcast where we dive into reading and writing topics that a lot of them are pulled from my audience because I just, I like to share and like to support. So I also have a podcast and that's the best ways to find me. That's awesome. Okay. We are going to link to all of those things in our show notes, as well as some of our favorite writing resources from your Teachers Pay Teachers store. And again, thank you so much for joining me today and talking about writing. I can't wait to have you on my podcast again. I had a blast. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Stellar Teacher Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are finding value in this podcast, It would mean the world to me if you would follow along and leave a five-star positive review. This helps me spread the word to more and more teachers just like you. And don't forget to join me over on Instagram at The Stellar Teacher Company. You can always find the links and resources from this episode in the show notes at StellarTeacher.com. I'll see you back here next week. 